Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into it. Father, we love you, Lord, and we just we just thank you for your word, Lord God. We just continue to thank you that, Father, even though we're going through a, a Old Testament book of laws and rules and regulations, Father, that that Lord, there's there's still so many truths that apply to us today in 2022, Lord God. So, Father, I pray that you would just open our eyes, open our hearts, open our minds to receive from you, and um, we just continue to thank you for the blessings that we're receiving in your holy and precious name, Amen, and Amen. All right. Let's give it a stretch. Leviticus 25, and I am reading from the New King James Version. And the Lord spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I give you, then the land sh shall keep a Sabbath to the Lord. Six years you shall sow your field, and six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather its root. But in the seventh year there shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land, a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall neither sow your field nor prune your vineyard. Where grows of its own accord of the harvest you shall not reap, nor gather the grapes of your untended vine, for it is the year of rest for the land. And the Sabbath produce of the land shall be food for you, for you, your male and female servants, your hired men, and the stranger who dwells with you, for your livestock and the beasts that are in your land, all its produce shall be for food. Verse 8, and you shall count seven Sabbaths of years for yourself, seven times seven years, and the time of the seven Sabbath of years shall be to you 49 years. Then you shall cause the trumpet of Jubilee to sound on the 10th day of the seventh month. On the day of atonement, you shall make the trumpet to sound throughout all your land, and you shall consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you, and each of you shall return to his possession, and each of you shall return to his family. That fiftieth year shall be a jubilee to you. In it you shall neither sow nor reap what grows of its own accord, nor gather the grapes of your untended vine, for it is the jubilee. It shall be holy to you. You shall eat its produce from the field. In this year of jubilee, each of you shall return to his possession. And if you sell anything to your neighbor or buy from your neighbor's hand, you shall not oppress one another. According to the number of years after the jubilee, you shall buy from your neighbor. And according to the number of years of crops, he shall sell to you. According to the multitude of years, you shall increase its price. And according to the fewer number of years, you, sh you shall diminish its price. For he sells to you according to the number of the years of the crops. Therefore, you shall not oppress one another, but you shall fear your God, for I am the Lord your God. Verse 18, so you shall observe my statutes and keep my judgments and perform them, and you will dwell in the land in safety. Then the land will yield its fruit, and you will eat your fill and dwell there in safety. And if you say, what shall we eat in the seventh year, since we shall not sow nor gather in our produce, then I will command my blessing on you in the sixth year, and it will bring forth produce enough for three years. And you shall sow in the eighth year and eat old produce until the ninth year, until its produce comes in, you shall eat of the old harvest. The land shall not be sold permanently, for the land is mine. 
for you are strangers and sojourners with me. And in all the land of your possession, you shall grant redemption of the land. If one of your brethren becomes poor and has sold some of his possession, and if his redeeming relative becomes to redeem it, then he may redeem what his brother sold. Or if the man has no one to redeem it, but he himself becomes able to redeem it, then let him count the years since its sale and restore the remainder to the man to whom he sold it, that he may return to his possession. But if he is not able to have it restored to himself, then what was sold shall remain in the hand of him who bought it until the year of Jubilee. And in the Jubilee it shall be released, and he shall return to his possession. If a man sells a house in a walled city, then he may redeem it within a whole year after it is sold. Within a full year he may redeem it. But if it is not redeemed within the space of a full year, then the house in the walled city shall be, belong permanently to him who bought it throughout his generations. It shall not be released in the Jubilee. However, the houses of village which have, villages which have no wall around them shall be counted as the field in the country. They may be redeemed and they shall be released in the Jubilee. Nevertheless, the cities of the Levites and the houses in the cities of the possessions, the Levites may redeem at any time. And if a man purchases a house from the Levites, then the house that was sold in the city of his possession shall be released in the Jubilee. For the houses in the cities of the Levites are their possession among the children of Israel. But the field of the common land of their cities may not be sold, for it is their perpetual possession. Verse 35, if one of your brethren becomes poor and falls into poverty among you, then you shall help him like a stranger or a sojourner, that he may live with you. Take no usury or interest from him, but fear your God that your brother may live with you. You shall not lend him your money for usury, nor lend him your food at a profit. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. Verse 39, if one of your brethren who dwells by you becomes poor and sells himself to you, you shall not compel him to serve as a slave. As a higher servant and a sojourner, he shall be with you and shall serve you until the year of Jubilee. Oh, that's my spot. And then he shall depart from you, he and his children with him. He shall return to his own family. He shall return to the possession of his fathers. For they are my servants whom I brought out of the land of Egypt. They shall not be sold as slaves. You shall not rule over him with rigor, but you shall fear your God. And as for your male and female slaves whom you may have from the nations that are around you, from them you may buy male and female slaves. Moreover, you may buy the children of the strangers who dwell among you and their families who are with you, which they beget in your land, and they shall become your property. And you may take them as an inheritance for your children after you, to inherit them as a possession. They shall be your, your permanent slaves. But regarding your brethren, the children of Israel, you shall not rule over one another with rigor. Now, if a sojourner or a stranger close to you becomes rich, and one of your brethren who dwells by him becomes poor and sells himself to the, to the stranger or sojourner close to you or to a member of the strange family, after he is sold, he may be redeemed again. One of his brothers may redeem him, or his uncle or his uncle's sons may redeem him, or anyone who is near of kin to him in his family may redeem him, or if he is able to, he may redeem himself. Thus, he shall be he shall reckon with him who bought him. The price of his release shall be according to the number of years from the from the year that he was sold to, to him until the year of Jubilee. It shall be according to the time of a hired servant for him. If there are so many years remaining, according to them, he shall repay the price of his redemption from the money with which he was bought. And if there remain but a few years until the year of Jubilee, then he shall reckon with him. And according to his years, he shall repay him the price of his redemption. He shall be with him as a yearly hired servant, and he shall not rule with rigor over him in your sight. And if he is not redeemed in these years, then he shall be released in the year of Jubilee, he and his children with him. For the children of Israel are servants to me, 
They are my servants whom I brought out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Amen. Amen. Whew. That was a lot. I'm going to need an extra, extra sip of Bustello before we get on. <clears throat> All right. So let's start in the beginning when it says, when you come into the land which I give you. So these laws that were given by God, they were given in faith. And now, now Israel was still in the wilderness at this point, and they, they hadn't entered the promised land. And as far as 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 far as at this point, as far as the, the Moses and the children of Israel knew, they were probably a few months um, before they got to the promised land. We know, hindsight being 2020, they still had you know, a few decades before they got there, but God is giving them these laws. And, you know, it says that they was at Mount, at, in Mount Sinai. So they were still camped at Mount Sinai and Moses had already received the laws from God, um, the 10 commandments and, and, um, Israel remained at Mount Sinai. Um, just to put this, put this into perspective from the time of Exodus 19, right through Leviticus and up to numbers 10. So we have probably about, about a, a book and a half of the Old Testament of the children of Israel still at the same spot. They haven't moved because God is giving them the laws. Okay. Um, so I want to put that in a little bit of perspective. Um, it says, uh, the land shall keep a Sabbath to the Lord. So so we're, we're familiar with a Sabbath of days, right? Every seven days is Sabbath. Sunday is the Sabbath you know, for, for most of us, you know, those of us on staff at Fusion Church, Friday is our Sabbath, you know, you know, we, we work, you know, from Sunday through Thursday, you know, and a lot of times on Saturday we're working. So Friday is, is our Sabbath. And it's a, it's a, it's a day dedicated to the Lord. It's a day of rest, you know, but this is describing a Sabbath of years um, for the land where the land itself was going to receive one year of rest. And this was actually mentioned in Exodus 23, you know, a year of rest. So, so this, this causes Israel to trust God, right? Trust God fully. They had to trust God that, that God was going to provide enough in the harvest of, of six years to see them, see them through the the seventh, because it says, you know, even like, you know, your, 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 your vineyards and your crops, like they may still produce fruit when you're not, you're not tending to them. You're not messing with them. Don't take from that, that crop. Don't take from, from the fruit, you know, leave it because the land is at rest, you know, in, in the feast of, of the tabernacles on the seventh year, the law was to be read to, to the people by the priests, according to Deuteronomy 31. So each Sabbath year, at a time, you know, it was essentially like a, like a biblical seminar, like all these laws were going to be read to all the people. Verse four says in the seventh year, there shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land. This again, this applied to both the grain crops and the fruit bearing plants. And Israel was to, was to, to do this in, in, in a, a radical, crazy um, faith saying that we belong to God. God is going to provide for us. We are believing that over the course of seven years, or excuse me, six years, we have harvested enough that it's going to last us through the seventh year. You know, and and, and it's, it's interesting in the period between the Old Testament and the New Testament, we have historical figures such as Alexander the Great and Julius Caesar who were around at that time, and they actually 
um, did not tax, you know, the the Israel's during these 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 years when it came to their Sabbath years. You know, these great you know figures in history who were over Israel at the time respected the Sabbath year. And these people had no idea what they were doing, like, you know, what this was about. But there's something to speak for when you are obedient to the Lord. That even those who are above you, your bosses, your supervisors, who have no idea who God is. But because of your faith, they're going to respect it. And they may have no idea. That's a word for somebody today. That you may have some people over you. And you're just trying to be be faithful to the Lord, faithful to his commands, faithful to, to what he has, he's given you, a command, a word that he's giving you, a calling he's giving you. And if you remain faithful, the people around you, although they may not understand it, they're going to respect it. Verse six says, and the Sabbath produce of the land shall be food for you. See, observing the Sabbath year was, was a powerful testimony of dependence. On God, Israel declared that their belief that they believe that God would meet their needs. This was truly living by faith. God wanted His people to trust Him, to believe in Him, to rely on Him. Can you imagine one year of not working, but believing that all your bills going to get paid? Your refrigerator is going to be full of, full, of, full of food. You know, that's a lot of faith. But I, I would love to be able to, to work hard enough for six years that for seven, seven, seven years, on the seventh year, excuse me, it's completely dedicated to God. Where family's provided for, I'm provided for. I got the lights on in the house. My AC is still running when it's hot. My heat's still running when it's 22 degrees outside. Praise the Lord, it's cold out there. But that's what the children of Israel they were doing. They were relying on God. And, and this is and this is this this is this is more than just um reliance on God, which is the most important thing. Relying on God, right? But it's it's good management of the land. This gives the land rest. Giving the land rest helps it to restore vital nutrients and, and, and from the into the soil that's been depleted after continual use. It's just being wise. You know, uh, one commentator gives a, an additional uh, reason, uh, an interesting reason for it. You know, it says, he suggests, suggests that one of the reasons for the Sabbath year was to put everyone in Israel in the same um, place as the poor of the land who had to simply trust and rely that God would provide for their circumstances. This would give people who were more well off some more compassion for those who were are, are poorer, who had every year they were relying on the Lord. Every year they were relying that God would provide for their needs. And this this, this, this kind of leveled the, 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 the spiritual playing ground, if you will. But Israel's failure to keep this command, you know, determines later on the length of their captivity. Leviticus 26, we're going to read about tomorrow, says that it, it talks about what will happen if Israel is disobedient. It says God would God would make, make sure the land gets its Sabbath by removing the people 
of, to, of, of the lamb, removing the people completely and giving them over to the enemy. And this is fulfilled in the Babylonian captivity in Second Chronicles. They did not obey this command. So God said, okay, you're not going to obey this command. And we know they were doing other things, idolatry and all this stuff, but not obeying this command. Okay, you're not going to give the land rest. I'm going to make it to where you have no choice and the land's going to have rest. Verse eight says, you shall count seven Sabbaths of years for yourself, seven times seven years. Okay, the year the year of, of Jubilee was kind of like a, a, a double Sabbath year in the sense that Crops were not planted, and again, the, the land was actually given rest for two years. So every seven years, one year of rest, right? One year of rest. And then after seven of those, those seven years, 49 years, right? Year 49, you have a year of rest, and year 50 is a year of rest. That is the year of Jubilee, right? And so um, so now you're actually, you're, you're extra relying on the Lord, you know, um, some take uh, the prophecy in um, Isaiah 61 to speak of the year of Jubilee. You know, this is the portion of scripture in Luke uh, 4 that God, you know, he he's, he goes to Nazareth and he goes to the synagogue and they hand him the scroll, which was is still customary to this day where they're handed the Torah and they read. They read from, from, from portions of scripture. And Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and to recover the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then in verse 21, it says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You know, so, so Jesus read this passage of scripture in the synagogue at the beginning of his ministry. And, and some, so some have speculated that Jesus' ministry actually began a year of Jubilee. You know, and even though at that time, the Jewish people really weren't observing, you know, most of the laws, you know, at this point, they're, they're kind of picking and choosing, right? They're cherry picking which laws they're going to follow, which ones they're going to really, really put their, their, their focus on. But Jesus came to say, no, no, no. The scriptures fulfilled in me. Verse 10 says, proclaim liberty throughout all the lands to his inhabitants. That the, the, the year of Jubilee was announced through all the land. It announced that all the slaves were free. You know, and and we don't have much record of this being observed in the Old Testament, um, but uh, Nehemiah eight and ten, uh, chapters eight and chapters ten, they both kind of kind of uh, refer to the year of Jubilee. You know, uh, slave laws in in Exodus and Deuteronomy provide the option of a slave agreeing to remain with his master after six years of enslavement, but in the year of Jubilee they were set free. So, so every seven years you had a a, a year a Sabbath year. So if you were a slave, you know, which is more of more of a servant at this time, okay, we use the word slave, but it really was more of a servant. After after uh, six years, on the seventh year, you were released. You know, if you were an Israel Israelite and you were a slave servant to another Israelite, on year seven you were released. But at the at the end of that, if you chose to stay with your master, you had that option to stay. You know, if your master was a good master, you're being, being provided for and the work was, wasn't that hard, you know what I'm saying? Then, then you had the option to say, but on the year of Jubilee, year 50, regardless of where that falls and regardless of how you feel, you were released by the law of God. You were released 
the founding fathers of the of the, of the United States were aware of the principles of the year of Jubilee, you know, and 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 everything that's associated with it. You know, on the Liberty Bell, you know, they they inscribe the phrase from verse ten that says, "Proclaim liberty throughout all the land." It goes on to say, each of you shall return to his possession and each of you shall return to his family. When, when the trumpet sounded on the uh, on the Day of Atonement, during, proclaiming the year of Jubilee, it meant more than the land receiving an extra year of rest. It was it was also a liberation. You know, and then, then the following verses are going to explain that land was to return to the family. It was originally given to and, and, and the people, the slaves included, were expected to return to their homes. So what's the, so this portion means, you know, in, in, in verse 13, it says the year of Jubilee, each of you, you shall return to his possession. So when Israel entered the promised land, every tribe was was given certain plots of land. And within within those lands, um, each that each tribe received, families were given plots of land. Right. The, the, the promised land, you know, was really Israel was really divided amongst all the families, all the tribes. Okay, we got millions and millions of people, right? So it, it took it took some uh, some good administration to figure this out, right? But every family was given land, and and these tracts of land, these portions of land, were intended to be permanent for the family. And so, so if someone um, got into some debt and they had to sell their land, it wasn't forever. It wasn't forever. Eventually, during the year of Jubilee, their land will be returned to their family. So the land could could not be permanently sold. It could only really be leased. <clears throat> and, the, and, and the amount of the lease would be based on the number of years that were left until the Jubilee. So this meant that no family would for, be forever without land. Every 50 years, the family would have an opportunity to start again. The year of Jubilee was a restart. Because we know, brothers and sisters, sometimes we go through some rough, some rough times. You know, sometimes we find ourselves in some debt we owe, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. You know, and, and the Lord provided a way to reset. Where every, where every 50 years, everyone, every family was, was able to say, you know, be given, given back. And like, okay, I'm going to start over again. Each of you shall return to his possess possessions. We believers, we are citizens of heaven, according to Philippians three twenty. And the day will come when we hear the the trumpet blast. When the year of jubilee happened, the ram's horn was blown. Right, the word jubilee is is the Hebrew word for ram's horn. So the ram's horn, the shofar, was blown throughout all of Israel. Brothers and sisters, one, one, uh, one day we're going to hear the trumpet blast. We're going to hear the horn. And we're going to come to our true and eternal home in heaven. Amen. And that is something that we have to rely on. We're, we're waiting for. Because we will have our own year of jubilee. We will have our own year where we get to return to our home, brothers and sisters. This place we're sitting at right now, this earth, this is very, very temporary. This is not where we're intended to remain forever. And when the Lord blows the trumpet and we return to heaven, we are going to our eternal home. Amen. That is a promise that each and every one can stand on. So don't look to the circumstances around you. 
Don't look to, to what you see around you. Don't look to your job situation. Don't look to your family situation. You know, don't look to any of that. Look to the fact that one day we are going to be in our eternal home. Verse 17 says, therefore, you shall not oppress one another. This was this was uh, very, very uh, helpful to the families in Israel. Okay. Because not only because the, the, the family was, the, 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 excuse me, the land was, was redistributed amongst to, to where you actually owned, where actually belonged to you. You received the land. But so the, the, the system to whatever it was, whatever degree it was observed, this was a blessing to Israel in the ancient world. It meant that no family would be poor forever. Every 50 years, it was a reset in the economy. Debts were canceled, servants were liberated, and, and land was returned to their rightful owners. However, you know, this system really only works when you're dealing with an agricultural based society. Okay. Um, so, so, you know, trying to do something like this today, I mean, we serve a powerful God and anything can happen, but really this was, this was meant for the situations that the children of Israel found themselves in that day. You know, some, some of the, the principles of the year of Jubilee would be a blessing for, for, for modern society, such as again, canceling debt, every 50 years you know i would love for my debt to be canceled i don't know about y'all you know what i'm saying but i, I would love you know not, not have to be paying some of these bills you know but 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 god didn't assign the land to modern people you know as a, across the globe as he did for for israel so we, we can't take every principle of jubilee and, and and apply it today Verse 18, so you shall observe my statutes and keep my judgments and perform them, and you will dwell in the land in safety. God promised that if Israel obeyed him, he would provide so much in the sixth year that they would be supplied for, for the seventh year when they gave the land rest. But they would also be eating the produce of the sixth year for some three more years. Imagine that. So much produce, so much, so much harvest. That for the next three years, you're still living off the old harvest. And the, the word goes on to say, you know, don't take from the new harvest. Finish up the old harvest. You know, that's a word for somebody today because a lot of us have been blessed. We've been blessed because we've been faithful. The children of Israel, they were not always faithful to their God. They disobeyed the law. And it's easy for us to sit here and be like, "What's you've seen God do so many things. How could you not obey his laws? How could the children of Israel not obey his laws? Every six years, you, you're working for six years. You got a free, you got a year off to chill. And not only that, but God's going to continue to bless you for three more years. Like, what's up with that? That's a, that's a pretty good system. Brother Doug, that's a pretty good system, if you ask me. You know what I'm saying? Nicole, that's a pretty good system. Christy, I don't know about you, but I could use that system right now. But we also forget that they're human, just like us. And it's easy to forget the blessings. It's easy, easy to forget what God has, has brought you through. Because there's people... 
that we counsel in the church and all they see is the circumstances right here. All they see is the circumstances, you know, right in front of their face and they lose sight of the amazing blessings, the amazing things that God has brought them through. They lose focus and it's like they, they, they don't realize, you know, if God brought me through this situation, he's going to take me through this situation. But they forget about all that. The children of Israel forgot about the blessings. Why? I can't tell you. I'm not an Israelite in, 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 in ancient times. But I believe a lot of times we lose focus because if we're not seeing God's, if God's not giving you crazy blessings every single day, every moment of every single day, then you forget because we're human and we're knuckleheads. But all we have to do is look back, take a minute, whatever you're going through, and I'm going to close with this, whatever you're going through, brothers and sisters, whatever trial and tribulation you're going through, don't focus on that. Focus on the Lord. Focus on what he has done for you. Make that your priority. Matthew 6, you know, uh, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. That was something that Jesus said in the, in, in the New Testament, but applies in the Old Testament. If they would just seek, if they would have just seek, sought God first, sought his kingdom, sought his righteousness, the blessings would continue. Everything they needed would be added to them, but they didn't. That's where the children of Israel failed. Because they got so wrapped up on the, on the rules and doing, 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 they lost heart. They forgot about true faith in their creator. So brothers and sisters, don't lose faith. Don't lose heart. Continue to seek the Lord. These promises of, of blessings are not just for the ancient children of Israel. They apply to us here today. And there's so much more. We can, we can go into, you know, where, where it says, you know, we're always going to be strangers and sojourners, you know, in this land. But, and that doesn't sound like a blessing, but, but for God, God's telling us, you are strangers and sojourners with me. You are strangers in this land with me. We are strangers on this earth today, but we're with God. And when, if God's with you, that changes everything because to be with God, means all things are ours and we have a far better citizenship, a far better homeland, a far better place in the future that we're going to end up because God is with us right here where we're sitting today. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We just thank you, Lord, for, for what you're doing, Lord God, and, and, and the truth so we can continue to glean from your word day in and day out. So Father, I pray that you would just continue to bless us, Lord, I pray that this word will just will just continue to, just to percolate in our minds and in our hearts as we go throughout our day, Father. Father, I pray for each and every one of my brothers and sisters on this call, Lord. Bless them, keep them, and guide them, Father. And just make yourself more and more real to them. Father, we praise you for what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen.
Thank you so much, brothers and sisters. There's still so much more in this chapter. So continue studying this chapter today, guys. You're not gonna, you're not gonna regret it. All right. God bless.